Hey guys, thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope this week's message inspires you and encourages you. Feel free to check out our website for more information. Here's today's message. Church, I had this cool little joke play, um, prepared that I was going to make. Um, and it totally backfired on me because um, what I was going to say is every single Sunday, I bring the pulpit up for Pastor Jeff. And then when I'm preaching, he's not here. But the pulpit was already up. So Jeff, if you're watching this, if you're listening to it later, you're off the hook. Congratulations. Well played, sir. Um, I, I, I hope you're feeling welcome this morning. It's good to see you here at church. Uh, yeah, my name's Adam. Uh, I'm really, really just stoked for the privilege to be able to share with you this morning. Uh, I want to, uh, as you've already heard, I'm talking about... Um, belong today, uh, specifically, I want to title the message, um, Do I Fit In? Belong, Do I Fit In? I think there's a bit of a misconception um, for someone like myself that because I'm a pastor, because I work here, uh, because I'm here, you know, throughout the week involved in all the programs and all the things, um, that I must belong really well. I must be super connected. I must you know, like have the best friendships and everyone knows me well. And, you know, some of that may be true, but I think the truth is at the end of the day that, um, and it's true for a lot of pastors, it's true for us in our workplaces, we're not always as, as connected as we, as we think we are or as, as people think we are. Um, we could always do with a deeper sense of belonging. Uh, we could always do with a deeper sense of connection. I know that's massively true for me as well. Um, we can always make assumptions that because, yeah, I'm here a lot, that I'm best friends with everyone. I might know a lot of people. I might know a lot of way this, this church runs and functions, but hey, we can always belong more. We can always be more connected. There's always a desire within us to belong. Um, it's kind of hard to review my belonging here, though, specifically, because Tash and I have been here now for four and a half years. Um, I remember speaking on belong, I think it was two years ago as part of our growth season, and I said, you know, at that time, I was still struggling to, like, form friendships and connections. At that time, our young adult ministry was still fairly young, and there weren't still a lot of people my age, and so it was still a struggle even two years into to being a pastor here. But um, I, I'm glad to say that's, that's changed a bit now. And it's easy to make, um, the, the, well, the truth is that four and a half years in, Tash and I, we're basically part of the furniture now, you know, like, we're basically just, like, here so often, um, you know, you just sort of expect to see us when you walk in, we're part of the furniture. So when it comes to talking about belonging, we can't really review, uh, like, I can't tell you a story about me at church that might apply to you, um, because, yeah, we're part of the furniture. But if I were to pick a story um, about a recent time in my life where I was looking and searching for belonging, um, that would have to be over the school holidays just gone, the July school holidays, I was invited to speak um, at another youth ministry's camp. And um, I knew one person, I, and that was the youth pastor, and that youth pastor I'd met one time. Um, and so I went into this, this youth camp, I didn't uh, know anyone well at all, um, and, and I wanted to belong. As, as a pastor, I believe that... Um, the, you know, relationships is the best way to grow. Um, as we form relationships, that's how we're able to really grow um, in trust, in relationship with each other. And so when I was going on this camp, 
it was really like my goal to form relationships with the kids that I was speaking to. It wasn't enough for me to go on this camp and, and just like sort of preach a message and go home. Uh, I wanted to form a relationship with these kids. I think, you know, in, in today's culture of celebrity pastors or whatever, it might be a common thing for, you know, a pastor to come in and, and preach and do the message and do their own thing and go. But um, I, I just see that relationships are important. And so I remember on the first night of this camp, you know, after Tash and I found our, our room and figured out where we were sleeping and put all our stuff in and whatever, I, I walked up to this table of year nine boys and um, they were playing some card game on their phone. I don't know, like I'm trying my best here. Like yeah, I might be a youth pastor, but I feel like the, the gap between like what's trending and me these days is just so far removed. And so I'm just trying to like ask some conversations, try to get to them because I believe that the, the word I felt that God had given me to share was going to be so much more powerful in relationship. And I wanted to belong on this camp. I wanted to form relationships on this camp. I, I want to belong here today. I think we all want to belong. We all want to fit in. I think that's one of the reasons here at Mill Park Baptist Church, we value life groups so much because we believe that in groups of eight or 10, it's much easier to form relationships. It's much easier to find a sense of belonging than rocking up with 200 plus people on a Sunday morning and, and trying to find a sense of belonging. But even as a pastor or a guest speaker at the soccer club that I'm at every week, I want to fit in. I want to make friends. I want to belong. Is that you? In your workplace, in your place of study, your community group, whatever that may be, even in your church today. Maybe you've grown up here, maybe you're new here, but equally true for all of us, I think we all want to belong. Do you ever feel like no one knows who you truly are? Do you ever feel like you stand out like a sore thumb, you look super different to those around you? Do you ever feel like you have different priorities or agendas in the way you choose to live your life and structure your time? Ever feel like you're missing out on the benefits or the blessings of being here or in any group because you're not as connected as other people may be and they know all the loopholes, all the perks and how to get them? As you can see, we're beginning our growth series for today. Um, and these are our guidelines to help us, what we believe help us in our journey as followers of Jesus. You don't have to be uh, a Christian to be involved, but make no mistake, all cards on the table, that's what we're aiming for. It's all part of the type of people, um, the type of Jesus followers we want to be and how we want to try our best to get there. If we want to belong it just makes sense to do um, these four things, which are our, our growth steps, belong, believe, become and beyond. If, if, we, if we don't want to do these things, if we look at our growth steps and go, you know, stuff that, that's not really for me, I would ask the question, do you actually want to belong? Because generally speaking, 
No one walks into a community and begins to dictate the terms by which they'll engage with it. Generally speaking, when we walk into a community, we want to throw ourselves into it and get connected, not sort of pioneer our own way and be separate to everyone else in that space. This, these sorts of things are what it looks like to belong as part of our church. If you want to belong, I want to give you four uh, practical steps today um, that will help people who want to belong. And, and, it'll help, and these are things that you can be in order to belong. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, Pastor Adam, you just want to give us things to do. You just want to give us things to make us perform. You just want to give us things to make us work harder. And, I, and to that, I would say no, but these are just practical tools you can use if you want to belong. These are practical tools you can have that might help you belong if that is something you desire to do. There are four B's of growth steps. I'm calling these uh, the four B's of belong, if you'll indulge me in that a little bit. Um, and I believe these four B's could be applied to, to any setting, not just in churches, to any setting you find yourself in, but specifically also churches as well. Um, hey, but that's the beauty of the way our God works, right? You know, He designed us, He creates us, He knows us intimately. Um, it shouldn't surprise us that something in God's Word that might help us belong in a church setting would help us belong anywhere because He created us, He knows us, He knows what we need in order to fit in, in order to feel like um, we belong, this sense of belonging. So that shouldn't surprise us at all. I'm going to be reading uh, four verses from Galatians chapter 3. Uh, we're going to go through them one by one. And contextually, uh, there were two, when, when Paul was writing this letter to Galatians, uh, like a quick overview of the whole book, you know, he's writing this letter because there's these two opposing parties uh, in, in the sort of Christian faith at the time he's writing this letter. Um, and so there's these two different people, and they're basically saying, no, we've, we've got the right way to be Christians. And then there's other people saying, no, we've got the right way to be Christians. And so as a whole, there's division. As a whole, they're not seeing eye to eye. And so how can they belong when they're constantly at odds with each other? And so that's where we kind of pick up the story. Um, I won't go into too much detail about, you know, what's happening for them specifically, but they weren't united. And that's why Paul is writing this letter um, to correct that and where, um, yeah, we pick up the context for today. So first verse, I'm going to be reading Galatians 3, 26 to 29. Uh, verse 26 says this, For you are children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. This word faith um, is also the same word for faithfulness, for trust, for trustworthiness, for, for reliability. And so when we read this verse, we could translate it multiple ways. For you are children of God through faithfulness in Christ Jesus. You are children of God through trustworthiness in Christ Jesus. You are children of God through reliability in Christ Jesus. And so the first thing you can be in order to belong is to be trustworthy. I have a coffee cup with me here. This was um, a gift from the youth group I spoke at. When I arrived, they gave me um, a little bag of goodies to make me feel welcome. And um, they gave me this uh, coffee mug. 
uh, for the weekend, which is great, because so much better than the one I already owned. Um, and I want you to think that this, this cup represents trustworthy. Uh, when I met um, with, or when I was asked to go and speak on this camp, the youth pastor, I'd only met him like several times on Zoom and then one time in person, but he invited me to meet with him and he took me out for coffee. He took me out for coffee because he wanted to know if he could trust me. He wanted to know if I could be relied upon. Um, what was I like as a person? What were, what were my passions? What were my giftings? Um, what was my thoughts on the kind of camp they run, wanted to run and the topics they wanted to discuss? You know, he jumped on YouTube and he, he tunes into Mill Park Baptist Church and he watches some of my old messages to be, can this guy actually preach or am I getting in a dud? You know, he does his research because he wants to make sure that I'm trustworthy. And so he takes me out for coffee um, so that he can figure that out, so that he, he knows that if I ask this guy to come and preach, Will he actually rock up on time to the camp or will he leave me hanging and we're wondering where he is? Like, is this guy reliable? Is this guy trustworthy? Are you trustworthy? Does your word mean something? When you say you'll do something, can the people around you generally rely on you to follow through? Are you growing your character? Is your character improving to be someone of integrity, someone who can be relied upon, someone who you, people can put faith in? How often do we, like, once in a blue moon, attend church and then wonder why we don't belong, wonder why we don't feel connected? You know, I see this happen so much at the soccer club. Guys sign up to play soccer and, um, and they don't come to training and they don't come to games and they wonder why they don't, they're not part of the, you know, the, the circle of close friends at the club. Like, do we engage um, regularly with the places we want to belong? Would you say that you're part of the family? Would people around you say that you're trustworthy? Do people know your movements, know where you go, what you do? and what they're going to get from you, that they can rely on you, that they can trust you. My main point today is tied up in this point of be trustworthy. And it is this. If you want to belong, you need to trust. Will you choose to trust the people that are leading you? Will you choose in a space that you want to belong to trust the people that are running the organization, running the church, running um, the workplace? Is that something you're able to do? It's a good place to start. As a Christian, ultimately, we would be asking this question, do we want to trust in Jesus? Are we children of God? Are we people of faith? Are we people of trust? Galatians 27 says, And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. Um, I've got a t-shirt here, um, and uh, this t-shirt is going to represent uh, be similar. I got given this t-shirt. This is uh, Everyone on the camp got this t-shirt. 
I was really excited to get one as a little souvenir, memento for um, my time on the camp. Um, it's um, got a pattern on the back, got a bunch of stuff written in Japanese, can't read it. I think it says the scripture that we preached, that I preached on. Um, apparently, Japanese writing is really trending in youth ministries these days. I wouldn't know. But um, I got this t-shirt and um, I was so glad to have it, as I said, as a memento for uh, my time on the camp. But ultimately as well, I, I wanted to be similar to the guys on the camp. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to, to look like them, to spend time with them. I wanted to, to make sure, as I wanted to grow relationship with these, with these kids, that I spent time with them. I, I didn't just, as I said, like go out, preach and then go off and hide myself away, but I got involved with the games, you know. I, I, I did the similar things to what they were doing. I went in and I um, sat with them during mealtimes. When they were having meals, I were having meals. When, when they were playing games, I went out and joined them in the games. You know, when they were jumping around in worship, I was jumping around in worship because I wanted to be similar. And that t-shirt represents be similar. One thing, like, I don't understand the science of how this works, by the way. I've got no idea how this works, but it is a real thing. Um, so the youth ministry I spoke at was a completely Asian youth ministry. Majority of them were Malaysian background. Um, and one thing that was profound about this camp was, you know when you're on a youth camp and, and um, the campsite puts out morning tea, afternoon tea, like supper, and there's all these cakes and cookies and you eat too much and it's amazing. Well, what I noticed about being in a different culture was that these kids, they weren't interested at all in the cookies. They weren't interested at all in the cakes. They'd set up their own little canteen and they were selling, you know, cans of drink and chocolates and lollies. And um, being an Asian youth ministry, they were selling noodles. And so I walk in and there's all these cakes sitting on the table, no one's touching them, and all these guys sitting around the table eating their noodles. And I mean, I'm not like, like, I don't hate noodles, and I'll eat noodles as much as any, you know, person would if it's like, hey, I got a quick meal, let's just chuck some two-minute noodles on, whatever. But I'm not a massive fan of noodles. I don't know what's going on. I don't know the science behind it, but it's a real thing. Man, I've never ate so many noodles in my life. Like seeing them eat so many noodles, I was just like, man, I want noodles for myself. I wanted to be similar to the people I was spending time with. As I watched them eat noodles, I was craving noodles. Don't know how that works. I ate more noodles in that one week than I have in the last 12 months. If we want to be similar, it talks about putting on Christ, like putting on new clothes, like putting on the t-shirt to be similar. You know, if we look at Christ's life, like he, he was serving. If we're putting on Christ, He was a server. You know, Jesus, Jesus loved. It looked like love. It looked like kindness. It looked like compassion. Is that the kind of shirt we put on and we wear if we want to belong in, in, in a space like a church? Do we reflect where we belong? Do we re- look similar to the people around us, the people we're spending time with? Do my ways look like Christ's ways? If we want to belong, why do we so often choose to look different? Why do we so often choose to stand out and do things contrary to what um, that specific culture may suggest is normal. Like I said earlier, like attending a life group, 
you know, as we read uh, the early church letters, we see that church was done in these, these smaller groups. They, you know, they did house church. They didn't have auditoriums like we have today. So like, as we read God's Word, we see how community, how church is supposed to be done. And, and then like, do we then go and be similar and go, hey, they talk about life groups a lot from the stage. Maybe that's something I should make an investment of my time in. Maybe that's something as I want to belong, I want to be similar, I will make a priority for myself. Is that something we do? If we want to be similar, we need to trust the culture of the place we want to belong. We need to trust Jesus' way is the best way. Because if you want to belong, you need to trust. Galatians 28 says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. The third B of belong is be united. This lanyard here represents being united. Um, every single participant on the camp got a lanyard and all the, the kids got put into their own different groups um, across the weekend and all the leaders were in one other group. The leaders group's called uh, Vermilion and it's black which kind of grinds my gears a little bit because I think the color vermilion is not black. But, um, you know, each to their own. We'll let that go. Um, but, you know, this, this badge, this land represents being united because on the camp, I wasn't the same as everyone. I wanted to be the same as the culture. I wanted to be, to be similar with everyone else. But naturally, there was a difference between the leaders and the kids. It's obvious that that's going to be the case. There's going to be a difference between them because they're older, they're more mature. Um, and so I was united with that lanyard, with the other leaders of the camp. Um, and it was actually quite funny because there was a little bit of miscommunication in regards to how um, I was supposed to sort of be involved. I went in with this idea of like, I want to love them, I want to serve them, I want to learn from them, their ways, how they do things. Um, and they kind of had this expectation that I would kind of come in and kind of do things my way. And so as like earlier on in, in the camp, there was this kind of just like, we just kept missing each other and kept misunderstanding each other because they're trying to do one thing, I'm trying to do another. And so there's these disagreements and there's these misunderstandings happening amongst the leadership. I remember at one point we talked really clearly about how we we're going to leave response. And then I got up and called for response and the band weren't ready and it was really awkward. And I was like, what's going to happen? Is this terrible? And in moments like that, in moments of um, misunderstanding, it can, it can cause division. It can cause us to, um, to argue or to, you know, that was your fault. You made a mistake and what's going on? And I don't understand. But if we, we, if we endeavor to be united, um, we, we're going to come together. We're going to work together. You know, confusion happened. But I, at least by the end of the final night, we were able to come together as leaders, as united leaders, because we were wearing the same lanyard and say, hey, we want to work as a team. We want to be united. We want to be on the same page with each other. If we want to be united, there should be no division amongst us. It doesn't matter 
what gender you are. It doesn't matter uh, what skin color you have. It doesn't matter what culture you come from. There should be no division among us. That does not mean that we will never disagree. Sometimes we will disagree. Actually, it's probably guaranteed that we will disagree. But what we do with that disagreement is more important than the disagreement itself. Do we choose to speak the truth in love when we disagree? Do we go to the other party and seek to understand where they're coming from and seek to know, hey, I don't, I don't quite get that behavior. Can you help me see why you're doing it that way so I understand where you're coming from? Um, do we constructively criticize? I think this is something we really need help with in our culture, this, this ability to go to people and say like, hey, I'm having an issue with this. I love you. I want the best for you. This is how I think you could grow though. This might be a helpful tool for you. Is that something, do we constructively criticize in an attempt to be united? Do we go to the person we have a disagreement with rather uh, and, and seek to, to build them up and seek to encourage them in what they're doing? Or do we avoid conflict at all costs and rather than speaking to that person face-to-face and being honest, um, choose to talk about it behind their back to our friends or to everyone else and complain to someone else rather than have the conversation we need to have? I think this is something we could grow out in our culture because we're all the same here. We're all on the same level. And we're not talking about like a social level, but we're all on the same level when it comes to our standing in Jesus. You know, at the foot of the cross, Jesus doesn't view one of us as more valuable or more important than any of us. We are all on the same level. And I think so often in our humanity, we, we, in, in our arrogance, in our pr- um, pride, we say, well, I, I lead this ministry, therefore I'm more important than this person. And the simple truth is, it is not true. I'm not more, more important than you in Jesus' eyes. I'm not talking socially, I'm talking in Jesus' eyes. We are all on the same level at the foot of the cross and Jesus sees us all equally and we are all united in Him. None of us are better in His view. As we be united to each other, it enables us to trust each other. If you want to belong, you need to trust. Galatians 3.29 says, And now that you belong to Christ, I just love that the word belong is in this scripture. Like it's like perfect, you know, for the message. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. The fourth B um, of belong is be blessed. I was talking to you earlier about the noodles we had on the camp. I'd never had this flavor before. Um, of noodles. I was typically, you know, your magi chicken kind of noodle guy. Um, And these ones are super spicy. They warned me pretty hard about them. I had some at home the other day. I could only put in about half the packet of the... Like, I like chili. Like, I'm a chili guy. I'm a spicy guy. But I had to only put in half the packet because it was, like, really hot. But these, um, at the tuck shop that they had at the camp... They kept wanting to bless me, and they kept saying, like, when I was, like, looking at the news, like, I haven't had that flavor before. They're like, oh, go help yourself, and I was like, like, and I'll be like, oh, here's my money. They're like, no, 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 like, like, it's on us, like, thanks for coming, like, we're so excited to have you here, and they, and they chose to bless me, and in that, in that opportunity, um, when they were trying to bless me and trying to give me a gift and honor me as their speaker, I had a choice. Was I going to receive that blessing, or was I going to reject it? Was I going to say, no, 
stuff your blessing, I'm going to pay for it. Or was I going to go, thank you so much. That is so kind of you. That is so generous. I really appreciate that. And so these noodles, they represent being blessed. Um, I received the gift bag when I arrived, as I mentioned, with the cup in it. And it had all these chocolates and these chips and these butter menthols, which I had all of because my throat was absolutely cooked from speaking at this camp over four days. Um, You know, every time I sat down at the dining table, they would call up table by table for dinner or for the meal. And um, often, you know, my table wasn't first, and so I'd sit there chatting the kids. And before I knew it, someone who was called up first comes over with a plate, puts it down in front of me and Tash, and they wanted to bless me. You know, they wanted to honor me. Um, every time after the worship, when it was time for me to get up and preach, someone got up and said, hey, like, can we, can we honor Pastor Adam? Can we give him a cheer as he comes up? And they welcomed me. They blessed me. Are we choosing to uh, receive the blessings that are available to us? You know, I've noticed something about our culture recently as we've navigated the increasing sickness that we've all been experiencing and COVID that we've all been going through. I've noticed something, I, and, and, and it's true for me too. Don't hear me as like throwing shade. It's true for me too. When I had COVID, even when I had the shingles a couple of weeks ago, um, we do this thing where, and, and I've seen this in my friends too, where I'm sick or my friends are sick and a friend will message me and they go, hey, do you need anything? Can I, can I, can I get anything for you? And they're like, oh, no, nah, no, nah, I'm all right, thanks. I'm all good. And I, I do the same thing. Like there's, there's friends of mine who have been sick lately and I'm like, hey, can I help you? Can I get you something? You know, can I get you a coffee, anything to help you feel better? I just want to know that I love you. I want you to know that I love you. And, um, and we're like, no, nah, no, nah, it's all good. I've got everything covered. And we, we choose to, out of, out of just maybe convenience or easiness or not wanting to be a burden to people, we choose to reject the blessings that our friends want to give to us. We choose, we could be blessed by the people who want to love and support us. And we choose to, whether it be, whatever, I don't know, whatever it is, we choose not to receive it when we could easily say, thank you. Thank you for that blessing. I'm so grateful you love me. I'm so grateful you care for me. And instead, I've, I've done this seriously. After people have been like, hey, can I get you something? I'm like, no, 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 all good. And then I turn to Tasha and I'm like, oh, nobody loves me. No one wants to bring me and no one wants to come and support me when I'm sick. No one wants to give me anything. It's like people have offered and I turn them down. It's like, nobody loves me. Everyone hates me. I guess I'll go eat some worms. Like, I don't know what that is about our culture, but it's true, and I'm in it too. I'm guilty of it too, just as much as anyone else. Why won't you let me bless you? What is with that? Will you allow yourself to benefit from being in God's family, the church? Do you choose to share your heavy needs with your life group, with the people around you. Say, hey, can you pray for me? Hey, can you check in with me and see how I'm going in this? Or do we choose to just sort of protect ourselves and hide ourselves away from the support we could be receiving because we're worried about what people might think of us or we don't want to burden people? Do we choose to take the blessing that's available in a life group? You know, as families, do we choose to make the most of the next generation ministries here at Mill Park Baptist Church that exist to bless you, that exist to bless your kids? Do we send them to MP Kids? You know, do we, do we utilize the cry room or the craze where we can watch church that's there to bless you? 
Do we send our kids to youth on a Friday? Do we encourage our young adults, even though they're getting independent, to lock down into a life group, to lock down to the young adult ministry and receive the benefits and the blessings of being part of a church? Or do we choose to reject them? Genesis 12, 1-3 speaks of the promises, speaks of the blessings that we have as heirs, as this verse talks about, to Abraham. And I don't want to sort of go into too much detail, but if I just sort of skim over some of them, one of them was to be a great nation. That was one of the promises to Abraham. And what we know about that is that in a New Testament sense, like it's a promise to be part of a, a, a greater church, a greater family, the, the worldwide church, not just the local church. That's a promise. Do we choose to embrace that? You know, he promised um, Abraham a good reputation. I'm convinced God wants you to look good. I'm convinced God wants you to have a good reputation. It doesn't mean you'll never have opposition in your workplace. It doesn't mean you'll never have opposition or persecution in relationships. That may be true, but I think that God wants His people to be good people, people that look good. I think God wants to bless us with that. Do we choose to grow into that or do we choose to resist the opportunities we have to grow into that and be who He's called us to be? You know, He promises to bless others that we will bless others and that the whole earth will be blessed. As you choose to follow Jesus, it will go well for you and it will go well with the people around you. You'll get to be a blessing to people. People will be blessed because they know you, because they're in relationship with you. It says God will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. That means, you know, He'll be protected. Those who, who look after you, God's gonna look after. It says you will be blessed. And I don't wanna... I th- well, I think so often we overemphasize the material aspect of that, that concept of blessing. Like, oh, if God's going to bless me, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be financially stable. And I think we underestimate the spiritual side of the blessing. Um, I think God's so much more focused on our spiritual side than the material side. Some of these blessings are more eternal than temporal. We were also promised Jesus and yet I think so often we daily choose to reject that blessing. You may have invited Jesus into your life, but daily we have the opportunity to be blessed by relationship with Jesus. And often we choose not to receive that blessing for ourselves daily. If you want to belong, we need to trust that the blessing is for us. It's not, not just for other people. It's not just for our friends. It's for us. If you want to belong, you need to trust. These four Bs will help you belong. But ultimately, ultimately, it's only trust in Christ who makes us belong. If you don't know Him today, you can still belong here at Mill Park Baptist Church. But it is our hope that um, you put your trust, you put your faith in Jesus like we do. Because only trust, it's only Christ who unites us and gives us belonging. Friends, if we want to belong here or belong anywhere, where do you need to grow in your trust. 
regardless of whether that's here at church, in your family, in your workplace, wherever it may be, where do you need to grow in your trust? In your trustworthiness. In your trust of leadership. In your trust of the culture, of the community you're sounding yourselves in. In, 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 in trust of God's way is best and I'm gonna put on Christ daily. In our unity and our trust with each other, where, where there sometimes may be disagreement. Do we get, need to grow in our trust that the blessings and the benefits that are available are available not just for the people you know, but for you as well? Do you need to trust that for yourself today? Because if you wanna belong, you need to trust. You know, God sent His one and only Son down to earth to pay the price in order to take away your mistakes and mine via death on a cross. A death He didn't deserve. And He did it all because He wants to know you. He wants to have a daily relationship with you. Do you wanna know Him for the first time? I encourage you not to leave today without telling someone of your desire to do so. If you wanna belong, you need to trust. Imagine with me, using uh, your biggest dreams, your biggest imagination, imagine with me a church that trusts. A church of people with trustworthy character who can rely on each other. Imagine a church who has full trust in leadership. And I'm not talking about blind trust. I'm talking about real trust. A church that trusts the culture, the things that we're trying to do as followers of Jesus, the things we wanna put on, the similarities in how we do things. Imagine with me a church where we're all putting on Christ we're all similar because we're all on a journey becoming more and more like Him, doing the things He's called us to do. Imagine a united church, a church where we build each other up and cheer each other on. There's no division despite the disagreements we may find ourselves in, where we recognize that not a single one of us is better in God's sight than someone else, but we're all on the same level and we seek to love and trust and honor each other. Imagine what it would look like if we seize the blessings that are available to us today as part of God's church. The goodness our God has for us. Instead of rejecting the good things that are waiting for us, taking hold of the blessings that are available to us and recognizing that they were there and they were promised to us. It's a church that loves it's a church that's moving together with a common goal. It's a church that's blessed. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, oh, oh my Lord, that we would be this kind of church. God, that we would be this kind of church that trusts, that would be this kind of church that loves, that would be this kind of church that is full of people who can be relied upon, people we can believe in, people we can trust, a church that trusts in Pastor Jeff, a church that trusts in um, our elders, our board, a church that trusts in our leadership, God. Uh, help us be a people that trust each other because we're similar. 
we're doing the same things. We're doing the things you've called us to do. We're putting on Christ and we're united in each other and we're united in the family of God, a church that receives all the good things you have promised us in advance from, from history long ago. You promised for us, God, so many good things. Help us be a church that receives that. Help us be a church that belongs. Help us fit in and find a home here in your body, the church, Mill Park Baptist Church, Father. Amen.